Mr. Brad Stein. All right, let's go to church. It's church time. I want to hear you clapping. I want to hear you clapping. I want to hear you clapping. Come on. Now, everybody stop but her. Okay. I don't know what he's talking about. How did I get part of this thing? Somebody help me. Please help me, someone. There. Oh, that's right. Hey, if you're new to this church, this church is crazy. This church lets you have fun and be a human being no matter where you're at because they've learned the wonderful example of what Christians are really supposed to be and that is judge you where you're going, not where you are. That's where you are tonight. Or today. I always say night. Oh, I'm happy to be here. It's Sunday. I had a whole week end with a bunch of men, 600 men, not a woman in sight so they could confuse us. All men with men think doing men's stuff and talk about men things that women can't possibly understand. But not today. Today, we are sitting here with guys, girls, and kids. And that's fine with me because I am sitting here Sunday morning, second service, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Woo! My career is skyrocketing. I made it, Mom. I'm in Green Bay. Farve's gone, but I'm here. I'm still here, Mom. Ah, it's good to have you guys here. It's good to see men and women together. I like to see that, especially in a town like this, because what I appreciate is my country, the United States of America, the greatest country there ever was, filled with people like you, people that choose to live in a place that gets to like a thousand below zero. You are pioneers. You are rustic Americans to be able to live here and accept it. And you know what I also know? This really isn't even that bad. I was in Winnipeg, Canada once in January. Do you hear me? January, it was 70 below. And people live there on purpose. I could understand if it was a place of exile. A place you're sent when you've been bad in hell. (laughs) But these people moved there with their children, lived there, and wanted to be there. I don't. I took the money, and I got out. I didn't whine. I didn't complain. I was a man. I went in there, got what I needed, and left. See, I don't want to live in a place where sneaking 70 blows, zero is considered nippy. Thank you. (laughs) Don't want to live in a place where you go out to get the mail, and then you die. Don't want to live in a place where everybody smokes because nobody wants to prolong their life expectancy. <laughs> Got like three-year-olds. <laughs> Are you sick yet? No! I don't even have a tumor yet. <laughs> Seven of old guys get locked out of the house. Honey! But they didn't complain. They're like Green Bayans. They come here. They accept it. They established it. And they, they, they did what men do. They led. They found it. And they set up roots. They didn't whine. That's If there's anything that men can give, it's non-whining. 
They suck it up and they make it work, man. That's the thing about whining people. They got to be stopped. Bunch of stinking babies. It's so cold. It's so cold. Move! <laughs> Go somewhere else. Well, I set up roots and I like, then shut up! <laughs> you take people, you take them and whine at people out of the cold, put them in the hot. What do they do? Whine! Because they're a bunch of babies. I was in thinking Las Vegas, Nevada in July once. By the way, if you're thinking about taking a trip to Vegas in July, do this. was like a hundred and twenty and you know what i didn't whine you know why it should be 120 it's the desert that's where 120 hangs out the problem is not is it 120 degrees in the desert the problem is why would you start a town there what are your options you know well we don't have enough fuel to make it to the surface of the sun Let's live here. Okay, Brigham, let's go to Vegas. You all this fun. Let's go. Let's go. You're the prophet. I'm putting sunscreen on. It's crawling off. You're on your own. People don't walk their dogs during the day. I thought because they might caca. No, because they might burst into flame. Them hairy poodles. Come on, baby. <gasps> Vegas, Mexican word, it means get out. Even the cactus is saying stop. Go ahead and laugh and clap here in church. If you can't laugh and clap here, you got nowhere to go. You can laugh and clap. You know why? Because laughter's from God. You know what we're doing right now? Are you ready for this? Start changing your mind. We're worshiping right now. Worship doesn't mean music. I can. It can also mean laughter. It can also mean discussion. It can also mean being with somebody. It can also mean just hanging out with like-minded people who've decided that they're going to be something else, something they were created to be. That's worship. That's what you guys are doing here right now in this beautiful and amazing sanctuary that was made for men. Look at this. Let's just have metal. Yeah, you got any girders? Yeah, hang them up there. Big old girders and drums and no apologies, man. Just hanging the stuff out. No problems whatsoever. I love coming and seeing people that do this type of stuff together. Men and women. But see, when men were together, we talked about men's things because we think differently than women. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. It's the challenge. That's why I never understood this gay marriage thing. Guys want to marry guys? Cowards! <laughs> There's no challenge to that. There'd never be any conflict. You'd have to, have to be going, hey, where's the pants I had on last night? They're in the corner where you threw them. Nobody picked them up. Nobody ironed them. You're a guy. <laughs> you want to do something hard? You want to be a man? You want to do something rough? You want to change your character? You want to do something that's going to be this short of hell? <laughs> Learn to live with a woman. <laughs> Be 
Because what it really becomes is beautiful. What it really becomes is your character changes. What you really find out is your personal flaws that have to be fixed. And ladies, listen up. It goes for you too. I'm so tired of the women. It can't be us. We're perfect. Oh, we're girls, so nothing can possibly go wrong. Oh, get off yourself. You can't even handle it when the seat's up. <laughs> Biggest stinking baby. Oh, the seat. That's all I heard from my wife for like three years. Put the seat down. Put the seat down. Put the seat down. Well, when you're first married, they're still trying to act, you know, aloof and mysterious. So they don't really ever tell you the truth, the, the, the raw truth of what women go through. Why do you freak out about the seat? Well, because it should be down because I think it looks more attractive when it's down. Only that's woman thought. That's girl think. Because I don't care how many doilies are on top, how many candles are lit, how many rugs you put around it. It's a toilet. (laughs) Never going to look attractive. You're never going to say it's being lost in here. Let's bring it out into the living room, shall we? (laughs) Now we can all see the attractive toilet. Year after year, time after time. And after like 12 years, no, just like two days ago, the ninth, whenever the ninth was, was my anniversary, 16 years of marriage. I was here. Probably 10 years into the thing, finally I hear it from the bathroom. And I went to her and said, why do you freak out? I can see if you want it down, fine. But why do you freak out? Because, she says, you got to put it down because if you don't, when I go potty in the middle of the night, I fall in the toilet. (laughs) You fall in the toilet? (laughs) Listen, I mean, I'm not a girl, but, you know, every time you go potty, you have to sit down. Men only have to sit down half the time. In other words, we're not nearly as experienced as it is you are. And yet somehow men have managed to never fall in the toilet. Sorry, ladies, but if you have to sit every time and you'll make sure the seat's there, you deserve to fall in the toilet. That's your punishment for not using your neck. Well, you're just being inconsiderate. It's always that way. Oh, you're being inconsiderate. If it doesn't fit my way, it's inconsiderate. Really, you don't put it up for me. Oh, it's all about me. Yes, all the men, right. You put it up for me, I'll put it down for you. If it wasn't supposed to go both ways, it wouldn't come with a hinge. Would have been cement, baby. That's right. I love women. I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. I'm committing my life to my wife. I'm doing the best I can. I just mean it's been easy. It's been hard. Part of being a man is saying that's the deal. That's how I'm going to grow. That's how I'm going to be better. So it's never is it against women. But here's my issue with my culture, with my country, is it's always against men. Every sitcom, the idiot is dad. Every stinking commercial, the men are the morons. Oh, how do they survive without women and children? Women and children. We don't even need men anymore. I don't need a man. All I need is your, is your essence, and I'll make my own baby. 
That's what we have now. You're just an instrument. Father isn't important. Dad isn't there. Father, man, leader, doesn't matter. Okay, sorry. But if you believe that, you're full of caca. (laughs) Men matter. Leaders matter. Fathers matter. Dads matter. They're imperative. They're part of our culture. They're part of the way God designed it. If you got a problem with that, you have the problem. Do you hear me? Let me tell you something. I hate political correctness because it creates, even in the environment of the open-minded, truth-filled church of Jesus Christ, that they're afraid to clap. They're a little nervous. Is somehow somebody getting offended? Let me tell you something. That's what they'll tell you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, to shut you up. You're not supposed to offend people. You're a Christian. No, no, no. We're not allowed to maliciously offend people. (laughs) We're not allowed to try to attack you, try to hurt you, try to make you bad. We're not allowed to think we're better than anybody else. God knows I don't believe that. The only reason I'm a Christian, it's the only religion that would have me. (laughs) I tried the other guys. I'll take you. No bacon. I'm out. I'm out. Kind of a God would deny me a BLT. You're nuts. No, I needed a religion where God loved me in spite of myself. So I don't think I'm better than anybody. And as a matter of fact, my religion is the only one in history that said, love your enemy. Pray for those that despitefully use you. And think of what that's telling you. You pray for those that despitefully use you, which means you cannot pray for them unless you've been despitefully used. It's coming. Love your enemy. You can't do that unless you have some. That's the deal. That's the promise from Jesus. You believe in me? You are going to pay for that. So the problem is not that. The problem is that I, in fact, should give love to people. And I'm never allowed, as a true follower of Jesus, to hate humans. Because they're made in the image of God, just like me. God breathed with a soul that he wants to see with them for eternity. Everybody, Muslims, liberals, conservatives, Democrats, Republicans, we're all loved equally by God. So that's right. I'm not supposed to maliciously offend them, but listen to me and listen to me carefully if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. If the truth offends you, that's your problem. Not mine. Not mine. That's what people forget. The truth is supposed to offend you. That's how you know you don't have it. It's there to remind you when you got off the mark so you can come home. That's its purpose. That's its point. And so if you don't speak the truth because you're afraid you're offending people, you're actually doing them a disservice because you're not healing them or giving them an opportunity to know God. That's your issue. So we got a bunch of men together, If we did we not, Pastor? And we taught them that as a man especially, you think and speak what needs to be spoken. That is your power of being a dude because we know things you don't know. Guys know things girls don't know. Guys know that eventually toenails dissolve in the carpet. We know that. (laughs) That's the magic of the carpet. Spill something, grind it in, gone. It's a labor-saving device, like dropping an ice cube out of the tray. Pick it up, heck no, kick it under the fridge. It's going to hurt you. Guys know those things. 
It's the way we're made. And we had to learn these labor-saving devices. We had to learn them because we were the first ones made. God made us first and then gave us the hardest job. Had to name all the animals by ourselves. Imagine being one guy having to name every animal that ever existed on the face of the earth. That's why so many animal names are stupid. <laughs> Adam got burnout. Gave out all the good names right off the bat because he didn't know how many were coming. Yes, you shall be hippopotamus. <laughs> Proud of that 12-letter scientific creative name. Go forth, hippopotamus. <laughs> Two days later, cow. Cow, I guess. I don't know. More than yeah, yak, 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 yak. Running out of letters. <laughs> By the time the bugs got in line, he just named them whatever they were doing. <laughs> Fly! <laughs> of all the amazing things that fly in this world, Fly got the name. <laughs> That's when God stepped in. I'll take it from here, Adam. Thanks, anyways. going to stop you after the grasshopper. Better give you one more shot. Uh. Call the fly a fly. You know what was behind him? The duck. <laughs> duck. Crazy. There they were, Adam and Eve, starting it all. I'd be a lot of pressure being the first people. Make one mistake, everybody reads about it. <laughs> you like to wake up to that first newspaper headline Adam blows it for everybody. <laughs> That's pressure, man. There they were, Adam and Eve, and God said, Adam! Let Eve not pick from the tree of good and evil. But what God was implying was, don't let her go shopping. Because <laughs> God knew that once they learned how to shop, nobody could stop them. <laughs> Women, you are the greatest shoppers that have ever lived on the face of the earth. You are geniuses. That's why men hate to shop with women. You're too advanced. You're better at it than we are. We can't begin to grasp your technique. Where are you going? Shopping. What for? Nothing. Good luck. Men can't grasp that. Men have never done that. We've never gone fishing for nothing. Catch anything? No. I don't even bring a pole anymore. Going for nothing. Now women, they're so darn good. They can shop for nothing and come back with a ton of stuff. No wonder men are intimidated. Look at that. They weren't even trying. <laughs> I knew women were geniuses were shopping when they named their clothing more than once. That was pure genius. Men have pants, shirt. We're done. Woman took a shirt, gave it two more names so they can buy three. 
And we can't tell the difference. Hey, you bought three shirts. No. <laughs> no. That's a shirt. That's a top. I need a blouse. <laughs> More money, please. More money, please. Guys are like, we don't know what happened. Take all my money. They look like shirts to me. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Men don't understand clothing. That's why we don't care about washing. That's why we don't care about ironing. It's just something to put on. Women invented clothing. They continue to manufacture clothing, including men's clothing. And I t- think they turned men's clothing into a gag gift. That's why men can't put their underwear on in the morning without tripping. You guys know what I mean. First hole, no problem. Second hole, big toe catches. I'm in a rodeo. <laughs> Women in the closet with the complacible hole stinking. <laughs> Dance, you fool. Quit it. Eight seconds. <laughs> oh, they're good. They know things we don't know because they're like us too. See, that's the point. We do have similarities. We do have things that are in common. We're humans. Humans. Human. 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 Me, man, too. <laughs> we have something inside. God made us. God made men first so we could practice. <laughs> See, that's what the guys are real good at. We give you your props. We give you your props. We know where you're better than us. God's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go rest. It's all good. It's all good. That's right. We give you our props. Men don't have a problem giving women their props. Men don't have a problem lifting you up. May not always be the way you're used to or the way you want it because, hey, we're just humans. But we don't, we don't let you joke with us. We try to be tender with you. And if we aren't, we try to learn. But men can learn those things if they just with their own tribe of other men fighting together, walking together, journeying together. We need that. See, men don't do that. Women are just really easy about connecting to somebody they just met. Guys aren't that way. Things that happen in church for men sometimes freak us out. We're not used to it. You guys know what I'm saying in some of those churches. If you would, stand up and hold the hand of the man next to you. I, I don't even want to brush up against the man next to me, but I guess I'm not being a good Christian because I'm not willing to hold his hand like a woman would do without thinking, okay, fine, I'm going to do it. Here I go, Lord. I'm trying to be a good Christian, and I don't understand this. It's making me nervous, and I guess that makes me a bad sinning Christian, and I'm not good at it. But look, I'm trying. I'm going to reach the man of the hand next to me. I'm going to grab him, and he got the overgrip. He got the overgrip. <laughs> I went for the overgrip. He beat me to it. Now I'm the girl. Thanks, Lord. I love this. Amen. We're different than you. We don't embrace things the way you do. And you know what? We're not supposed to, man. We're different. You want us that way. You want us to be dudes. 
You want us to be strong. You want us to be our own thing. And we all have to grow. All of us have to grow if you want success. We've got to change. We've got to put ourselves down. That's what makes it work. Builds your character. Because we have similarities and those we can find too. I mean, look, even our names are similar. You got a man, you got a woman. You got a male, you have a fee. Male! So apparently we're all man, male, but women achieve the fee in the world. Why? Why is your name two letters better than ours? Because in some areas you've achieved a higher rank than us. Elements about yourself that are better than us, and we accept that. For example, women are better looking than men. More attractive. See, guys aren't arguing. They're like, hey, oh, yeah, that's true. He's got that one on. <laughs> more aesthetically pleasing to the eye. God made you that way. You're more attractive. That's what we love about you. You're smoother and sweeter. That's why there's ten times more artwork about women than men. Because you're more uh, courageous, beautiful. That's why you got the better looking name, so we can tell you apart. Look at him, you go, man. Look at her, you go, whoa, man. Better looking man. Plus, women have power because women have purses. <laughs> women can survive in the desert for years with the items in their purse alone. <laughs> Amelia Earhart is alive somewhere eating lipstick. I never look at a woman's purse. They have things in there men have never seen. I saw one. Vaseline lip therapy. It freaked me out. Lip therapy. What do you do? Put on your lips. It says, tell me about your mother. What happens with that stuff? <laughs> Kate, your lips go over the edge. We can't find our inner child. You know, soothe us. <laughs> Gotta get our lips to be sweet and happy. But see, that's the problem. They're not designed to do that. We have to understand that. Don't try to make any of us what we're not. And they do it to the men more than the women. That's just true. Dig it. Accept it. Grow. That's all I heard growing up in the 70s. The 70s is when they decided that gender suddenly wasn't real. Remember that nonsense? Give dolls to boys. Gender is not really real. We just choose it based on cultural preferences. Give dolls to boys. They'll play with them. They do. You know what boys play with dolls? Pull its head off. That's what we play. <laughs> We play, let's see what happens to Barbie when we drop her off the window. That's what we play. Hey, let's light Barbie on fire and see what happens. That's how boys play with dolls. You know why? We're boys. If we can't burn it up and explode it, it ain't any fun. And they tried to take that beauty out of boys. Girl acts like a girl. She's rewarded. Boy acts like a boy. He's given Ritalin. He's not allowed to jump around, be crazy. He's not allowed to get that fret. Well, we got to keep him stable and this and that. Hey, if there's some children that need help, thank God that we have help for people at times and children that need help. But the idea that something is inherently suspect because a boy likes to blow stuff up and climb up junk and hang is wrong. That's who we are. Don't take that away from us. How dare you? How dare you have the arrogance to think that what is intrinsically male is less valuable than what is intrinsically female. And that's what they told us. Find your feminine side. That's what they told us. Find your feminine side. Did you ever, ever hear them come to a woman and say, find your masculine side. Find your dude parts. 
No. No, only something was wrong with us that needed to be adjusted and fixed. And we ended up wussifying our men because they thought that that's what it meant to be a man because that's what everybody told them. Find your feminine side. I got a flash for your culture. I found my feminine side. I married her. I'm good. Thank you so much. I get feminine side 24 hours a day. I'm good. I love my wife. I love what women bring to the table. I love the fact that Jesus had elements of himself that could embrace his, his elements of himself that was softer and tenderer. You see, he was God, so he had to have male and female elements. But in church, oftentimes, not in this church. I know that now. <laughs> but in church, oftentimes, we're taught one half of Jesus. Think about what you think of when you see Jesus. Grace, mercy, sweet, loving, embracing, tender, kind-hearted, forgiving. All these things are true, and I need them desperately. I desperately need a God that gives me grace because I need it. I need a God that comforts me because I need it. I need a God that has all these amazing elements of forgiveness because I desperately need it. But those terms are feminine. They're sweet and they're nurturing and they're necessary, but they're half of Jesus. I'm telling you, you have to understand, ladies, there was a table tip in Jesus. I know you don't get it. I know the church has taught it like it's a metaphor, but it's not. He took a table, whipped it towards somebody, and took a whip that, by the way, he manufactured before he got there, it said, so it was premeditated. And he took it and whipped it towards people in the United States of America. Right now, if I throw a table at you, take a whip and whip in your direction. Whether I hit you or not, it's called assault and battery. It's a sin, right? Anybody come in here thinking assault and battery wasn't a sin? So either Jesus sinned, he's not God, and we just wasted our Sunday morning. Or there's a part of sin that isn't sin at all. Sometimes it's not always what we're taught in our traditions. Sometimes we're allowed to be angry and sin not. I don't know always what that means. And maybe we're not the best at making that assessment as humans. But there was a Jesus that looked in the most powerful religious leader of his time and his culture and said, you're a generation of vipers fit for hell. And to his own people, he said, how much longer must I endure you? That is man talk. When you held people accountable face to face, not on the internet where you could hide like a coward, but man to man, face to face, you had a problem, you just talked about it. Why? To, to, to belittle people? No. To force them to man up and to be changed. With strength and discipline and power that was man. And so as I leave you, I want to leave this to all the men who weren't here. Last night. How many men by Ron Paul's were not here last, last weekend? A few of you, okay. Wussies. <laughs> we're going to charge you double for next year, I'm telling you right now. 
I just want to tell you this, guys. I'm joking with you. I want you to come. We need you bad. We need you in our tribe. I want to give this to all of you, though, because women, even though a warrior is a sense of a man, you are part of that, too. You have to fight with us. You have to be behind us and help us and nurture us and be there for us by allowing us to fail and mess up like we do sometimes because we're men and we've been told to be leaders. And it doesn't mean we always know what we're doing, but neither do you. This was the way God set it up. We're doing the best we can. That's the way it works. And so I leave you with this. We have been told to put on the armor of God. We've all heard it. Again, it's not a metaphor. Satan is there to kill, steal, and destroy. The day you say Jesus is God, there's an enemy that wants to kill you for the rest of your life. That's the point. That's the truth. And for all you men, it's just for you today to say this. When the Bible told us to put on our armor to defend and protect ourselves, you do not put on armor for any reason but one. You're going to fight. It's not for picnics. It's to fight. And we never fight people, but we're commanded to fight ideas that are against God's. That's what makes Christianity unique. You have to fight ideas that are satanic and evil and do not deal with the truth that is God Almighty. And so I say to you this, the reason I'm going to guess that we were never told to remove our armor is because one day when I die, I will into that place. I will go to that place that I've given my faith to, that Jesus sits there and waits for me. He says, son, you did well. Let me remove your armor because I'm the only one that can, because I'm the only one that can tell you the battle's over. I'm the only one that can tell you you're finished. You did it. You accomplished it. And so I leave you with this. When that man who died for me is sitting there and removing my armor, as I humbly say, I did the best I could, I want my thinking shoes ratty and torn up. I want my thinking breastplate filled with blood and ripped to shreds. I want that sword so filled and smashed and cut and broken. I want every one of my shields to be filled with darts and my helmet to be hanging off my head because as a man I want to face the king and said I died a warrior and I died a man fighting instead of quivering. God bless you church. Let the truth keep marching on. Back there, I'll see you afterwards to shake hands. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Bless you. <laughs> Fred Stein! <laughs> yes! <laughs> you may be seated. Something wrong with that boy. <laughs> but, uh, oh, see, I, I love having guys like that come because now I look nice. <laughs> you think I'm offensive? I'll bring Stein back. What do you think of that? That'll teach you. Our musicians are coming out. We want our ushers to come forward. Get ready to service. Uh, communion this morning. Great message of just challenging us to uh, be who God called us to be. We are going to celebrate this incredible gift of love that came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And as that's just coming forward here as well as Stevens Point down in the cafe, all the guys getting ready uh, to uh, musicians and stuff getting ready to uh, minister to us. We just want to turn our focus to why we're here this morning. We're here this morning because of what Jesus Christ did in our lives. He came to the earth in the form of sinful man. He took our punishment. He became the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
His body was broken for us so that we could be whole. His blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness of sins. And it's important for us to reflect on that. As believers, we are supposed to totally identify with that. Let me ask you this morning, are you identifying with the death of Jesus this morning? Because our selfish nature should die with Christ. Or you're here this morning and you're mad because people haven't treated you right this week and you didn't get what you wanted and you're mad about this, that, and upset about the other. Man, you just, right now, as we reflect on what Jesus did, we need to get back to the basics. Say, Lord, help me die to my selfishness. Help me to allow your spirit and your life to live in me. Empower me to do what I cannot do on my own. We need to totally identify with that death. And if you're here this morning or watching us uh, at one of the campuses. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe uh, you've been here for a really long time, but you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. I'd like us all to bow our heads uh, this morning. I'm going to ask everyone everywhere to pray along with me with this prayer. If you will mean this prayer from the bottom of your heart, you can begin your first steps of faith this morning and experience God's loving grace in your life today. Let's all pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much, you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.